So this is part two of what I have learned after six months abroad. So the first part of this video series, we talked about Taiwan. I love, anyway, I really do love Taiwan. If you want to know all the reasons why, there's like an hour vlog before this that primarily talks about why I love Taiwan. You know, tall, dark Taiwan. I do have a type, yeah, okay, moving on. So anyway, part two, other things I have learned about living abroad. So I've been away from the States for six months. Any regrets, any things I do differently? Now we're going to talk about the V word. It's not for victory, it's for Vietnam. About halfway through my stay in Taiwan, I realized I had to go because of my 90-day visa-free entry and leave and maybe come back or leave and go to Thailand or Malaysia, you know, that kind of thing. I decided to go to Vietnam because I had a couple of my Japanese students who told me, Anna, Hanoi is such a nice place, you should visit. That was a bad bad mistake because I didn't really do a lot of research on it. I was mainly looking for a place I could stay reasonably with a nice view, you know, study, that kind of thing. For about a month, I got my visa approved and all that. And I was like, you know, I'll just stay for like 24 days, have a nice time in Hanoi, drink some of the Vietnamese coffee, eat Vietnamese food, enjoy a nice apartment in a nice part of Hanoi. It'll be fabulous. Very bad decision. I think the worst decision I've made since moving abroad was, was Hanoi. It's like, what the Hanoi? But anyway, it's not the town itself, I think, that is the problem. I think it's just there was a number of factors that all cascaded to make me have a very unpleasant time in Hanoi. And why I left after 10 days, as soon as I could get a flight back that did not cost like a quarter of my salary to get where I need to go back to Taiwan. So... I landed in Hanoi on a night flight. I would not do that again if I had a choice because when I left, when I left Taiwan, I kind of had an inkling because when I, when I left the States on the plane ride to Taiwan, I was surrounded by very quiet, very nice, very delightful people, most of whom were Taiwanese or, you know, you know Americans that were going to Taiwan. I didn't have any weirdness on the plane. When I left Taiwan for Vietnam, there was a lot of kind of, I don't mean it weird, but I was like, these are like kind of modern day pirates is what they act like. I'm like, you know, I've met many really nice people from Vietnam, but this is not the kind of vibe I'm getting from the people who are on this plane with me. So I was like, you know, this is weird, but keep an open mind on it. It'll be okay. You'll meet some really nice people. It'll be just fine. And I'm not prejudiced at all. So this isn't like a prejudiced thing. It's just like, it was a very weird plane ride. I was going, it's like I'm surrounded by a bunch of people who are like Captain Jack in the flesh. And I was like, this is a really weird feeling. So I landed, I debarked the plane, and I went into the Hanoi airport. There was a huge line for immigration. I was still not quite sure why. I'm like, did several planes land at the same time? And it was just kind of weird. But anyway, as I went through immigration, I had my passport. I had my visa. I just said, you know, this is my paperwork. And I literally had immigration just go <laughs> at me. And I was like, 
was it something I didn't say? Because I do not speak Vietnamese. I have no idea what would be causing trouble because I have everything in order with my paperwork. So he literally glared at my paperwork for quite a while, like two minutes, finally stamped it and sent me on my way. I then went to baggage claim. And at the same time as I'm going through the line, I noticed that there are some people from China and there are some people from Europe going through the line as well as me. And the immigration are all glaring at the foreigners that are coming through. And I'm going, this is a very strange situation because Vietnamese I knew are like super friendly people that I grew up with. I can't imagine them being this way. And I'm going, is it because of the Vietnam War? I mean, I know Americans did some really bad things. Maybe they're mad about that, but most people think I'm European. So that's never been a problem if you don't see my passport. And the guy hadn't even seen my passport when I handed it to him. So I'm like, I don't think it's that, especially since those people are from Europe and those people are from China and they're still getting glared at. So that was a very unsettling situation. And it was like about 10.30 at night. I left to get my bags. And there is a woman from Vietjet who is supposed to help you get your bags. So I took her my papers. I had found most of my bags, but I'm missing one bag. And it had a lot of my clothes in it. So I'm like, I really need that bag. So I go up to her and I say, you know, these are my baggage tickets. And she literally just goes, huh, I don't want to deal with you and walks off. And I'm like, you know, the whole purpose of you being at the baggage claim is to help people with their baggage. And all you're doing is humping at everyone who walks by and needs help with their baggage. This is not good service. So I finally got my baggage. It came through on the conveyor belt, like literally it was the last bag on the conveyor belt. And I get ready to leave. And I have all these people asking me if I want to buy a SIM card from them very loudly, like, like sellers in the street markets, like, do you want to buy a SIM card? It's just the best SIM card ever. And I'm like, I actually had a SIM card saved to my phone because I knew that's the one I needed. So I literally walked past the sellers yelling about their SIM cards. And I pull up my phone and they're looking at me like, what is the crazy American girl with all the luggage looking at her phone for and not buying a SIM card here? So I finally looked at my SIM card and I realized it was the one that the person who is very, very vocal about their SIM card is yelling about. So I go back to the SIM card seller. I say, I want this SIM card. I want this type. Please, can I get this? So I got the SIM card. I have to say the SIM card in Vietnam is very reasonable. It's only like, I think $15. And it had the best reception of pretty much any SIM card I've had. The ones in Taiwan, that's a bit of a drawback. They do not have good internet in Taiwan. I know that they are the technological country of Asia, but their internet at least in my experience, is patchy at best, and their SIM cards are not so good. But it is worth all that trouble to be in that beautiful place. So it's like, I will deal with a parcel of internet problems if it means I get to be in Taiwan. But moving on, Vietnam, great SIM card, great reception, minimal problems when you're having to use it for your hotspot. But, so I... I get my SIM card. I actually book a taxi through them because I'm tired and I heard that there could be a problem with some of the taxis. So I'm like, it's late at night. I'll just get the taxi. And, and when I leave, the guy's like, you need to go to this pillar and make sure you have our taxi driver because there's been some problems. I'm like, where have I landed? This is supposed to be the solo safe place to be other than Taiwan. What in the heck did I do? So I... I go through the city, and the weird thing I'm noticing as I'm 
going through Hanoi is there are no streetlights. There are no streetlights at all for like stopping or going or any of that. Nada. No streetlights. There are also no people walking on the sidewalks. I'm going, this is weird. Because if you're in Taiwan for five months, there are people walking on the sidewalks even at like midnight, 1 p.m. because they go to the night markets. It's quite common. I'm going, why is no one walking on the sidewalks at night? And why are there no streetlights? Well, I get to my hotel and I get out of the car and I'm hit with this wall of cigarette smoke. And I'm like, what is this? And then I realized that the floor of the streets and the floor of the concrete sidewalks is littered with cigarettes and ick. And I'm like, you know, Hanoi was supposed to be nice, but this is the heart of Hanoi and this is not nice. So I get up to my apartment because I had an apartment for a few days before I was supposed to transfer to my other apartment. And my apartment is nice, but there is black mold, like terrible smelling black mold in my bathroom of my apartment. So I shut the door in my apartment bathroom. I go to bed because I am too tired to deal with any more problems. I'm like, this has not been a pleasant experience, but I'm going on it. You'll get up tomorrow morning. You'll reevaluate. It will be fine. Well, I wake up at about 5 a.m. in the morning because I'm, I'm woken up by the sound of all these horns honking like they're very very angry and the horn honking goes from about 5 a.m to 1 to 2 a.m every day it's just like a cacophonous sound in in the city i find out like three days later when i take another taxi cab that that is the way that they decide to switch lanes and how they let people know that they're going across the intersection because they have no traffic lights so they have to use that because they beep as they merge into the lane and almost hit the front of the other vehicle my cab driver started to yell and shout and scream because there was another cab or motorcyclist trying to butt into his car and cut the nose off which literally would have crashed him and me into a pile of metal. So I was sitting there going like three days after I landed in Hanoi, I was like, you know, I have come too far in my life to end up dead in Hanoi because of some crazy honking driver who wants to merge. So I'm sitting there going, I'm not going to panic. It would do no good to panic. It will not help the situation to panic. I'm like, my taxi driver is panicking enough for both of us. I know this is a serious situation, but it will do no good. So I'm just going to stay calm and I'm going to believe it will be okay. And it was, but it was super stressful. So I spent about three days in this apartment. It was a very nice apartment. I got great reviews, but again, smelled like black mold. I have never asked housekeeping to come and clean a bathroom again, but I did ask them to come the second day to clean or the first day to clean the bathroom again because the smell was so bad. And this was like a luxury apartment. So this is not like, I mean, I had a beautiful tub in the bathroom, but I'm like, you don't want to sit in that tub because it smells like black mold. So I started Googling a couple of things because like number one, when I went out for breakfast the next day, everybody at the convenience store looks like you like this. I'm like, is it because I'm American? I'm like, but I'm going, no, Anna, nobody thinks you're American. Whenever people meet me, they think I'm British. So I'm like, that's not the problem here. I'm going... Is it because I'm a little taller and bigger than most people here? I'm like, I, I really couldn't figure it out. So when I got home from the 
gas station or no the okay it's called an okay convenience store they have a lot of them there i was like i'm going to google this i'm going to figure out what in the world is going on because i feel like i have landed on an alien planet and it is not a hospitable one so as i come back i'm like i have to dodge the ick on the streets i have to dodge the cars because nobody stops one motorcyclist literally stopped as i'm looking to try to cross he's like just go for it lady i'm like I do not just go for things. I have to make sure there's not a car. I have to make sure there's not a whatever. Also, when I check out at the gas station, I'm like, what is that huge box of stuff by the cash register? I'm going, that's kind of that's kind of weird. I'm going, what is that? Is it like, I was like, it's a really big box of something, like a very large box. I'm like, oh, that's a very large box of condoms. <laughs> I'm going, they have a lot of them by the cash registers in Vietnam. I'm like, well, I guess that they, they're really good on birth control here. I'm like, they don't have to worry about a, a very climbing birth rate, apparently, in, in Vietnam. But yeah, I have never seen boxes of condoms that came that way. So that was a little weird. I was like, you know, I don't know. The first time I landed in Taiwan, I ended at the business hotel. But in the end of Vietnam, I'm paying for my steamed roll and my drink of some sort. I can't even remember what I got now. And I'm like... That's a really large box. <laughs> so anyway, that was my first. And I went up to the like cafe. They have a cafe area in the in the convenience shops. But I really didn't feel comfortable because I was sitting at a table and everyone is silent and kind of glaring and looking at their phone. And I was like, I am out of place here. And I do not want to be here because this is very uncomfortable. So. I get my food, I leave, I go back to the apartment, I Google, is there a problem with foreigners in Hanoi? I have not Googled this before because honestly, I didn't think that would be an issue because, again, I grew up around Vietnamese people, very, very friendly, very, very nice, never acted this way. And when I Googled Hanoi before I left Taiwan, it was like, this is a great place for solo travel. It will be wonderful. It will be nice. I guess if you are in Hanoi, it is not a great place if you are a foreigner, because for some reason, they are very anti-foreigner. If you walk into any store that I walked into, you usually had people sniggering behind the counter because you were a foreigner and trying to charge you double to your face and trying not to give you back your change. I literally had to stand there and glare at them and go, you will give me back my change. Now, it wasn't because like I really care about getting that extra change. I think it's because like my I have a Scottish grandmother and sometimes I have this feeling come over me and I'm like, it's not me. It's my ancestor because honestly, it's like I rarely get upset about things. But if I feel that someone is being dishonest or hurting another person or me, I get upset. And about the second time this happened, I was like, no. And they looked at me and were like, what? And I said, you will give me back my change. And yes, I can do math. And it is this. And I'm like, they understood enough English to give me back my change. And I was like, I am not coming here again. I am not going to deal with this again. This is a mess. But I will say, unless you're at the convenience store, that is a major problem. I did not have that trouble at the convenience store. They are not friendly there either, but they do not try to not give you back your change. Now, I 
also paid with my debit card at the convenience store, which is a big plus. Now, the the one perk about visiting Vietnam is I only had to spend like $40 for everything but my hotels for the 10 days I was there. So super cheap, but super not fun. So after three days, I went to my supposed apartment, which I found out actually was a scam. I had booked it on Agoda and I contacted Agoda. I was very upset. The apartment complex had no idea I was coming. They did not know about the apartment. It was like totally a mess. And when I spoke to Agoda, they're like, well, we'll give you your money back for the month, but you won't get it for 30 days. And I'm like, what the heck? And they're like, well, that's our policy. We have no way to change it. I'm like, I'm not booking a 30-day apartment through Agoda again then because this could happen. And I do not want my money sitting in Agoda for 30 days. So anyway, that was a good lesson learned. But I then decided after the apartment fell through. And the other thing that happened during these three days was I was getting asthma attacks because of the cigarette smoke in the apartment complex and the the air quality in Hanoi. I was sleeping by an air purifier, but between the bathroom mold, the air quality in Hanoi, and the cigarette smoke, which was literally everywhere you walk in the downtown of Hanoi, and the traffic, and almost being hit in the taxi on my way to the apartment that not, was not. I just decided to book a hotel near the airport. When I got to that hotel, I stayed I think two days there, I looked online to try to book a flight back as soon as possible to Taiwan, but it was going to cost like $600 for one way. And I was going, I'm not doing that. Now I could have gone to Thailand, but I couldn't figure out how to add my luggage because they had a certain restriction on the luggage and I was just slightly over. So I'm like, I'm going back to Taiwan. Plus I was really panicked <laughs> after my three days in, in, in Vietnam because I was like, what if I get to Thailand, which has been a place I've wanted to visit for years, and it turns out to be like Vietnam. Now, I did have a pep talk with my best friend from India, and he's like, Anna, I have been to Thailand twice with my family. You will like Thailand. It will be okay. It is not like what you're describing in Vietnam. Because actually, my best friend was supposed to meet me in Vietnam. But after the three days, I messaged him, and I was like, number one, he said, I'm really busy at work, which I was not expecting. I'm going you don't want to come to Vietnam. You don't even want to visit Vietnam, at least in Hanoi. It is not a good place to visit. They do not want us here, and they try to take extra money, which is very, very uncomfortable to have to deal with when you're trying to get back your change. And the glaring and the whatever is just not my thing, and I'm sure it would not be my friend's thing. So I was like, just, just stay. In India, we'll meet up later, maybe Malaysia or something. So I get to the airport hotel, that one also has black mold. Again, I keep the door shut to the bathroom. But then I thought, you know, I bet I can get a hotel that is closer to the airport and maybe does not have the black mold and a more comfortable room to study and be in. So I ended up going to the Family Transit Hotel. They actually have two to three of them, I believe. That was the best part of my experience in Vietnam because the people that run the Family Transit Hotel are amazingly nice people. They have like a little restaurant there that you can order your meals, which are literally like $1.50 a meal. Very, very reasonable. Very, very delicious. 
a very, very authentic Vietnamese food. It's amazing. So I cannot recommend this day highly enough if you want to stay in Hanoi, but I I just really did not enjoy it. And I thought maybe it was me, but I actually looked online and they say that Vietnam has one of the lowest return rates for tourists, especially for tourists like me who are trying to be thrifty. Now, if you are the resort type person and you have a lot of money to spend and they know you're not like a college student who's trying to be very thrifty, the atmosphere is much, much better. Because like one of my students from Japan went to a resort in Hanoi here recently and had a wonderful time. But that was because they were spending a lot more money than I am when I go on a trip. So if you do that, it tends to be a better experience. But that was, I think, the one thing that I would probably not do over. But now I know. And before I didn't. So I'm like, that was a kind of expensive little life lesson, but less than, I would say, let's see here, my flight and everything. 10 days. I'd say it's about, my room was not much at all. It was like $9 a day. Terrible, terribly, terribly reasonable. Or $13 a day, depending. So that was not expensive. So all told, my 10 days in Vietnam probably cost me like $500 with my flight ticket included because I really just ate at the restaurant in the hotel. And the other thing that I realized is my hotel owner's family, the, the gentleman that ran it, he said, if you need anything, let me know. You don't need to go out and walk and try to get it. What I didn't know was that was code for it is not safe as a single woman to go walking about in Vietnam as a foreigner. Because I tried to go to a coffee shop that was like 10 minutes away from my hotel, just down the road. And there was like a group of five guys that were working in like a taxi business. And they just were sitting there watching me leave and watching me come back. It made me feel very, very uncomfortable and not watching me in a good way. I haven't had that situation since I left the States and would wait at the bus stops. So I was like, you know, I just really did not have a good experience. Now, I thought it was just me, but I was talking with one of my students here a while back and they are Korean. They've lived in Hanoi for three years. And they said, Anna, this was not just you. They do this to everybody. She said, you know, she said, I have lived here for three years and people will come. And she said, my husband has lost two of his iPhones because they have literally been ripped from his hand as he's walking on the street. She said, you know, it's just not a very nice place to be. I had another student who said that her boss has a business in Hanoi and he's lost two iPads three cell phones, three iPhones, I believe, because again, they have been ripped from his hand. When I walked out and about, I was told to keep my phone in my purse. Do not take it out for pictures because people will rip it from my hand, even though it's just an Android. It's not a, it's not a real fancy phone at all. It does not matter. If it's a piece of tech, just keep it in your bag and make sure your bag is zipped or really close to you on your hip. So overall, 
I would say that was an extremely unpleasant experience. When I left, I had to go through like two immigration checkpoints. And then the last one, the immigration agent literally sneezed and wiped his sneezed hand in my passport. I was like, you know, this is like the final non-grease note of this entire visit. I literally went and had to Lysol off my entire passport book because I'm like, I can't believe the man just sneezed and wiped his sneezed hand all over my passport book. I'm going, he doesn't know me from Adam. He has no reason to be doing that. And even if he did, that's not the way you 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 behave. <laughs> I'm like, I really have no idea what, what is up with that. Also, when I left, they had to wrap my baggage. And it says in big, bold font at the wrapping center that it's going to be like, I don't know, 60,000 VND. The money system there is really hard to navigate because it's all in thousand or million VND. It's like crazy high numbers. But anyway, I had the 60,000 VND and he's like, oh no, that'll be 80,000 VND a piece. I'm like, no. I pointed to the sign. I'm like, it will be 60,000 VND because that is what I have taken out of the ATM. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, I don't know what's up with that, but that was just really weird. So that was my experience in Vietnam. When I was in Vietnam, the weird thing though, and the thing that I think it was worth the $500 for and the 10 days of difficulty was it really solidified in my mind one very key thing. I was in a big stressful situation for several times during that trip. I didn't once sit there and go, I wish I were back home in the States. I wish I were away from this and all back home in the States. Now, the one thing that did come to mind multiple times throughout the entire time was, I wish I was back in Taiwan. I wish I was back in Taiwan where it feels safe and comfortable and it does not feel stressful and pressure and all this beep, beep, beep. And that's when I realized, I was like, my goodness. I am homesick for a place that I have only been in for three months, actually a little less than three months, way more than a place that I have lived for 30 some years. That really spoke to me and said, you know, I don't know what this life holds for me. I really, I mean, I'm in my 30s now. I'm not in my half 30s yet, but I'm close. And I'm like, I wish I could say I have my life all planned out. I know exactly what I'm going to do. I know exactly where I'm going to be. I know all this thing. I know how it's all going to end up in this grand scheme. I'm like, I don't know anything like that. I know there are certain life goals I plan on reaching. I'm graduating college in two, 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 2.5 years. I'm adopting my kids. You know, those are all life goals I'm going to do after I, you know, I'm going to graduate, adopt my kids. You know, it'll be good. Now, where I'm going to raise those kids, who I'm going to raise them with, that's a little fuzzy to me right now. But at this point in time, I'm like, I don't have to have that answer. I just know that those goals will happen and it will be okay. And it will actually be wonderful, whatever it is. So I'm like, that doesn't worry me at all. But I'm like, that that I'm using, I'm like, way too much. But it really solidified that my home will most likely be overseas permanently because it just fits better for me. I feel more comfortable, more safe, more secure in that than I ever have before. So that, I think, was worth the 10 days of kind of semi-hell and inconvenience. <laughs> and in a way, I'm like, you know, 
that really was worth it. Now, I did meet some wonderful people in Hanoi. I had a couple of very, very good taxi drivers who had way too much stress. And I was like, I so appreciate that they got me where I needed to go and themselves alive and well and everything was okay. I also had great people who ran the hotels and apartments I stayed in. I really could not be happier. My Agoda, very unimpressed with Agoda. Don't plan on using them again for something like that because of that whole snafu. But still, I'm like, it was worth all the trouble to realize that where I feel homesick is not really the States. And it's not really necessarily even Taiwan, so to speak, but to know that that kind of atmosphere of safety and security and basically the essence of what makes Taiwan kind of Taiwan is what I'm really looking for in a place that I will settle in eventually. So I figure that's worth a lot. And that is part two of what I've learned in six months <laughs> abroad. 